Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 6, as already quoted, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Rejoices with the truth. This morning we are thinking about the problem with gossip. The writer in Proverbs 11.13 says, A gossip betrays a confidence and separates close friends. If truth be known, we all struggle at times to keep our tongues under control. We receive information and we wonder, having received it, what we should do with it. The story is told of three preachers on a fishing trip. During their conversations, they found themselves confessing their sins to each other. The first preacher confessed, Brothers, I like to drink a little too much. The second preacher confessed, Brothers, I like to visit unsavory women from time to time. The third preacher confessed, Brothers, I hate to tell you this, but I have a problem with gossip. <laughs> the word gossip actually originates from a Greek word, meaning to whisper. The word is phileo, and it means literally to boil up or to blow up. It refers often to, in classical Greek, a pot of boiling water that if left boiling will eventually boil up, boil over. I realize in our complicated world that an appropriate contemporary definition of gossip can be tricky and therefore it can be difficult to discern if and when we might be caught gossiping. However, I've yet to come across a better definition of gossip than the one offered recently by Rick Warren. He defines it thus, I quote, When we are talking about a situation with someone who is neither part of the problem or part of the solution, then we are probably gossiping. Ouch. When we are talking about a situation with someone who is neither part of the problem or part of the solution, we are probably gossiping. There are times, of course, when it is entirely appropriate to share information with others. For instance, when the safeguarding of children or vulnerable adults is of concern. However, more often than not, I believe we must show restraint when our tongues begin to wag. Granted, sometimes the message is important. However, we must also understand that the motive behind the message is also important. Just because something is true, brothers and sisters, doesn't necessarily mean that it should be shared. 
Harriet, the church gossip and self-appointed guru for the church's morals, was always sticking her nose into other people's business. Several church members were unappreciative of her activities, but feared her enough to maintain their silence. However, Harriet made a mistake one day when she accused a new church member, George, of being an alcoholic. You see, she saw his car parked outside in front of the village's only pub all afternoon, all evening, all night. And so she commented to George and to everybody else that uh, clearly he had a problem with alcohol, that he was an alcoholic. And his car outside the local pub was a bad testimony for him and for the church. George, a man of few words, stared at her for a moment and just walked away. He said nothing. Later that evening, however, George quietly parked his car in front of Harriet's house and left it there all night. Harriet didn't gossip about George's problem again. It has been suggested there are three types of gossip. Firstly, there is idle gossip. The Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, the pastor of the first century church in Ephesus, warning him about idle gossip, about young widows, contextually, in 1 Timothy 5.13. Young widows who, he says, get into the habit of being idle. And going about from house to house. And not only do they become idlers, but also gossips and busybodies. Saying things they ought not to. Generally, there is no basis, no foundation for such gossip. Such gossip, I submit, is careless, sub. Gossip is insensitive. Information is needlessly spread to those who have no real business in knowing it. This, says the Apostle Paul, is the work of busybodies who have nothing better to do than mind other people's business. We've all known such people, have we not? Busybodies. Secondly, there's malicious gossip. In 1 Timothy 3.11, Paul refers to malicious talkers. These people have a clear, though often thinly disguised purpose of harming the people that they are talking about. It might well be that what they are saying is true. However, rather than speaking the truth in love to the person's people concerned, as Ephesians 4.15 exhorts, they are out to inflict wounds 
and do significant damage. Proverbs 17.9 says, He who covers over on offense promotes love. But whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Eh, granted, we all at times spot things in others. The loving action is to go and speak to those concerned personally rather than maliciously talk about the circumstance to others. Thirdly, there is slanderous gossip. Slander is an interesting word. It actually comes from the word for devil. According to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, slander means malicious talk, to spread damaging information, to defame, to speak ill of. The slanderer, without question, is the most dangerous type of gossip. You see, the slanderer adds a kind of new dimension to the gossip's destructive work. And they do so because, yes, they might have information that is true, but they embellish the truth. They pervert the truth. And therefore, in effect, they lie blatantly against the person they are speaking about. They know what they are spreading is a lie, and their intention is to cause harm. The Bible, of course, is full of examples of such slandering activity. Potiphar's wife, David's enemies, the whole circumstances around Neboth's vineyard, Jeremiah slandered by his own people, the Jews. And Jesus, of course, was the victim of the slanderer's tongue. In Romans chapter 1, the Apostle Paul wrote about gossips and slanderers. He did so in the same sentence as he wrote about God-haters. Fascinating. Gossips, slanderers, and God-haters in the same sentence. There's a contemporary poem. It goes like this. My name is Gossip. I have no respect for judge justice. I maim without killing. I break hearts. I ruin lives. I am cunning and malicious and gather strength with age. The more I am quoted, the more I am believed. I flourish at every level of society. My victims are helpless. They cannot protect themselves against me because I have no face. To track me down is impossible. The harder you try, the more elusive I become. 
I am nobody's friend. <laughs> Once I tarnish a reputation, it is never the same. I topple governments. I wreck marriages. I ruin careers. I cause sleepless nights, heartaches and indigestion. I spawn suspicion and generate grief. I make innocent people cry in their pillows. Even my name hisses as it is uttered. I make headlines and headaches. My name is gossip. Brothers and sisters, before we repeat a story... Let us get into the good habit of asking ourselves before God and man three very simple questions. Firstly, is it true? Secondly, is it fair? And thirdly, is it necessary? If not, shut up. Remember, that excellent definition by Rick Warren. When we're talking about a situation with someone who is neither part of the problem or part of the solution, then we are probably gossiping. Coming out of church one Sunday morning, Mrs. Smith turned to her husband. Do you think that Johnson girl is tinting her hair. I didn't even see her, admitted Mr. Smith. Oh, she said. She went on. And that dress, that dress that Mrs. Davis was wearing. Really? Don't tell me you think that that's the appropriate attire for a mother of two. I'm afraid, dear, I didn't notice that either, said Mr. Smith. Oh, for heaven's sake, snapped Mr. Smith. A lot of good it does you to go to church. We laugh at that. But friends, from experience, churches, if they are not girthful, are becoming gossip shops. We go <coughs> under the guise of worshipping God, receiving the word, and we leave full of gossip. So much juicy information that's just burning to get out. Three questions. Simple. Is it true? And if you don't know, for often you cannot substantiate it, shut up. Is it fair? And if you don't know, because often you can't substantiate it, shut up. And is it necessary? And if you believe it is necessary to say something, then say it to the person about whom you were about to gossip about. 
Say it to them. Draw them aside in love. And the church would be a much better place, wouldn't it? And what an example we would be to a society that, let's be honest, is tearing itself apart because of the problem of gossip. I'm going to pray in a moment. Before that, let's continue to remember those in particular need. And uh, Maggie Hughes and uh, the family, subsequent to Dowie's promotion to glory on Wednesday morning. I understand that uh, the funeral service, or service of celebration, I'm not sure what how the guise is, is this coming Friday. So I mention it now, because uh, I may not see you guys again until then. Friday at Temple Baptist at 1.45pm. Pray for the family at this time. Let's pray. Pray together. Father, we thank you for our time in your word. These scriptures make uncomfortable reading from time to time. And we would perhaps prefer, certainly I as a preacher, prefer to avoid them. But your word is your word. It is included in our canon of scripture for a purpose. For the reading, the preaching, the exposition thereof. And for us, Lord, to take heed. Forgive us, Father. We, every one of us, from time to time, are guilty of gossip. Sometimes a little inadvertently. Nevertheless, Father, we pray that you might help us to guard our tongues. And if we are to speak then speak the truth in love with a heart of building up rather than tearing down. We thank you for each other. And rather, Lord, than have a spirit of wanting to, to stab each other in the back, which is perhaps a, of the flesh, and it is a problem, even within the church, help us, Lord, to Develop an attitude of love whereby we will cover each other's backs rather than expose them. Protect each other. We thank you for the invisible cords that bind us together in Christ. The cords of Christian love. Might we, within this community of Trashland and Pontypris, be known as a church who builds each other up in love, a church that protects one another in love, a church that speaks the truth in love. Might we become a church that does not delight in evil, but always rejoices in the truth. In Jesus' name. Amen.